It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Today, I am joined by J.D. Prater, head of product marketing for AWS Activate and also host of Thrills and Chills, a really awesome podcast that's also on ShareBird that talks about the wild ride that is being the first product marketer at a company. Welcome, J.D. Hey, thanks for having me. It is so fun to have you. Um, you know, I know you know all about what it's like to be, you know, the first product marketer, um, you know, creating new messaging strategies, driving that strategic narrative at an organization. So with all your experience, I would love to know, you know, what is kind of like the meatiest, biggest messaging initiative you've ever taken on in your career? Yeah, I think that's such a good question because you have probably examples, everyone listening of like those small like revamps, a small feature, but this one was probably the meatiest because it was the biggest kind of overhaul. And this is when I was at Quora. So I was on the Quora for business. This is like business marketing and that was our ads platform. That's how we chose to monetize. And I was, you know, roughly in my what, probably first coming out of my first six months, we hired a new CRO and he was in his first 90 days. <laughs> and he's like, JD, you know, part of my first 90 days initiative is like, we've got to revamp our positioning, our narrative, our competitive differentiation, and you're going to be leading that. <laughs> so you're like, okay, cool. All right. Uh, okay. Like fun, right? I mean, like product marketing, getting a seat at the table, right? Thinking very strategic. All those things were great alignment. However, what do you do? How do you approach it? And so as far as like our meaty messaging and what we were thinking about, it's good to understand what we were doing. So what we were doing was comparing ourselves to Google and Facebook. Google and Facebook absolutely dominate the ad space. 60, 70% of media budgets are going there. And then there's Quora, right? We are, we are tiny. We are brand new. We had been out of public beta for like a year and a half, roughly two years just total. We are not Google. We are not Facebook, right? We know this now. And <laughs> what we did was we set off to understand who is our best fit customer? Who is our ideal customer? And we did a ton of research into basically pulling out all the sales data. You know, where are we winning? Who's seeing success? How long um, have they been an advertiser? How much are they spending? And you, what we found was we had a lot of great verticals quickly come up to the forefront. And so we really saw B2B seeing success. We really saw, you know, FinTech as a really great um, example. And so we were able to kind of pull out these insights and to understand this. This also helped our sales team uh, understand who to go after, but allowed us to go, okay, we understand this. So we started interviewing them. We started asking them questions. How did you decide to pick Cora? What was your budget? What would that look like? How was that your overall percentage? And you start diving deep. So um, 
quickly, do your research, understand all this stuff, make sure you're talking to customers to validate all of this. And what we quickly found was we are not being compared to Google, Facebook. We are like a second or third tier ad platform. And we're really being compared and competing with Reddit and LinkedIn. And that was huge. I mean, positioning 101 right there. Don't go against those two, right? Uh, you're not going up against the duopoly. You're really going for these in the last, you know, 15 to 20% of budget. And you're an experimental platform. So it means you also got to have maybe a high growth startups or you got to have um, media buyers that are willing to take a little bit of risk. Huge. So we were able to re-understand our ideal. We were able to position a little bit better. And out of all of this came new messaging. We revamped the pitch deck for our sales team. We did all of our collateral. And this is, you know, three months of research, um, pitching it, showing it, went to the customer advisory board, got their feedback. We even took the results, took it to our product team. That ultimately led to like a new product being built uh, for our lead gen ads. You know, lead gen is perfect for B2B. And so while I say this is about messaging, it was huge. Like, and this took roughly, you're thinking starting three to six um, and then all the way out of, you know, for lead gen ads is like a year later. So it was a big project with a lot of really cool things that came out of it. That's incredible. I mean, the amount of work that went into that is like, whoo, I, I can yeah. feel what that <laughs> must have been like. But I love how it it's so much more than messaging. I think a lot of time, you know, positioning and messaging are seen as like these deliverables or like, you know, you fill out yeah. the framework and, oh, we positioned our product. Great. But you're talking about, hey, as an organization, it's time to view ourselves completely differently. It's time to like come down to earth, understand what we are, <laughs> yeah. own it, and then I guess love it and rock it. So was there any kind of like, was it hard to, for you know the company internally to kind of shift the way they thought about their product and who they were up against? Yeah, I think a lot of that too was, uh, it was general assumptions, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of our staff came from Google or Facebook. You know, we're building out a new ads platform. So we had a lot of DNA from those two companies. And so there was just a lot of assumptions, but they were also very data-driven. I mean, 100%. And anytime that you could show the data and be able to back up your decisions, people were willing to change their mind. And that's what we had to do in order to do this. And then backing that up with customer testimonials, backing that up with any kind of uh, those like data points and insights was really helpful. And then of course, go show it to sales, look at deal velocity, look at close rates and uh, look at customers during that first call going, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the nodding of the head. Yeah. Like, so we also had a lot less objections Right. And right. so we, we, we tested it uh, for about a full quarter of just, we changed up. Um, we had an East coast and West coast team, West coast team got the new pitch deck and we had a couple of sellers and it was faster. It was better. They closed more deals. They, who they went after changed. So it also changed our sales motions. Um, so it was overall, it took time. Don't, I mean, when I say three months, some of you are like, Oh, that's, that's like way too fast. Some of you are like, <laughs> what? You should have done that in a week, right? But it took time. It took time. 
<laughs> yeah, but I love that you talk about, you know, the proof, which is the the faster um, sales cycles, more deals being closed, things like that, which is proof of great positioning. And so you can't really argue with that. So, no. <laughs> yeah, um, that's incredible. And so how did you all of that data, right, from the sales data you pull to, you know, qualitative customer research to testing the messaging, how do you kind of keep track of all of those, you know, those inputs and how do you do that? <laughs> oh man. Well, that's a really good question. So we, we had a couple of, I mean, it wasn't just me, right? So we had okay. other teams involved. We had analysts involved that were helping us uh, understand that these are great ideal clients, but is there content on Quora to support that business, right? right? So could they actually generate ad impressions? Like there had to be enough content there. And so um, basically them pulling all that data allowed us to then graph it. And we were actually showing it to potential clients. Look, hey, Asana, you know, as an example, check out how many times your brand is mentioned on Quora and look how it's being compared against. And those are the insights that we were using to understand if they would be a good fit. But then we just showed it to them and they were like, here's here's some money, you know, take my money, um, take my money. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were such a small, like it was so small to them, but it was, you know, it was a big deal to us. Right. And, and so that was like how we kind of organized it and thought about it was it, this went right into the pitch deck. It went right into the sales hands of using this data and then working with our sales ops, we were able to, uh, we had, we used Salesforce to make dashboards out of this to understand. And so it kind of lived on that way. That is awesome. I think that's one of the best research stories I've ever heard as it <laughs> pertains to positioning and messaging. So well done. <laughs> yeah, it took, uh, I, I, I will say, I mean, it was, it was definitely a great win at the end when you're in it, you're in it. So I, I, I can look back on it now in hindsight. <laughs> did you celebrate? Did you buy yourself a present? I hope uh, you did. <laughs> I should. I, I mean, it's never too late to celebrate, right? Hey, so I, I think I you should. owe I owe you owe yourself something. <laughs> I, I I will uh, bring that up with my wife and see what I can uh, what I can get. <laughs> awesome! That is so good. Love that. All right, we'll do the second part now. So we'll talk about kind of yeah, best things that you've learned. You know, other sure. great techniques or ideas. Okay. So I would love to dig into your brain further, JD, and. Um, you know, what are some amazing lessons you've learned about messaging or any great tips or techniques, anything you could share with our viewers about messaging creation? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we talk about this one a lot, but my, one of my favorite like methods or ones that has always like really resonated with me, um, it's uh, three whys. I mean, this is how I remember it. So it's like, why buy anything, right? Why buy now? And then why buy you? Yeah. And if you can answer those questions, it's such a great framework because it also has like, it leads to a very uh, like linear journey, right? And so I, I'm a big fan of that framework. I, I love what, you know, Simon Sinek has done with his uh, golden circle with no one buys what you do. They yeah. buy why you do it, right? And we've, we probably have all heard this in our heads. Uh, and so really focusing on that why and really making sure that that's coming out in whatever I'm doing and really challenging myself to do that. So I love him. 
love April. I mean, April Dunford's book, I'm sure every product market, if it's not on your shelves, it really should be, mm-hmm. um, has really filled a, filled a, a big gap in product marketing with that book. And it, allows us to really like think through a lot of things because she's done it so many times and is really helping, I mean, just generations now think through, oh, okay. So I, I wonder how many companies she's actually influenced because of that book, which I think, you know, when you think about scale and reach, it's, it's incredible. But those are my favorite, like three that I always kind of return to. And I think at the, the core of everything, one of my uh, first managers is she was a very gifted storyteller. I mean, very gifted. I mean, she was uh, at one point the head of naming at Google. Like Whoa. she named things at Google, right? That's, like that's right? polished stuff. There, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. yeah. That's like, <laughs> oh, okay, you're up here, right? And she introduced me to Joseph Campbell, um, so the hero's journey, and really, I just remember you hear this for the first time, right? Like. I was a history major, so I understood stories. I understood narratives, but I didn't understand this hero's journey. And then you, I was always such a big fan of, you know, Lord of the Rings, right? And you're like, oh, Star Wars. Like, oh, this is what that is. This is okay. (laughs) You know, and so I think that was a big aha moment for me of being able to connect all those dots of what I'm watching in a movie or reading in a book and then understanding, oh, this is like a framework. Like this is something that people just do and they recycle this and the the gifted storytellers are the ones that are able to like do this over and over again. Exactly. So. Yeah. It takes some of the pressure off. You don't have to start yes. with a blank page <laughs> and just like, oh, wait for inspiration. You can start with a framework. I love the three whys that you, you talk about. I think I have a good friend who's um, head of sales at uh, a large, very successful software company. And he does, he talks about the three whys as well. And I think it's just so important because so many um, companies, when they're doing messaging, they just focus on the why us. Yeah, and, 100%. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you haven't even established why you should even even think about finding the solution or that you even have a problem worth solving. And so that's kind of the gap. So just always remembering, like, let's just bring it back. Let's bring it back to why you should even consider a type of solution like this is, is, is advice that really any company should really think about, you know? Yeah. I mean, Andy Raskin has got, he, I mean, I'm sure his name has probably come up too. And he's got a great framework too. And right, he, it's really the three whys. He just has it slightly different, right? He's just like, you got to align on the worldview. What is changing? And that's the why, you know, that's like right. what's happening right now. And so don't think of a lot of these as in competition. They're all complementary. Um, right. These are just the ones that I resonate with me and fit within my lens and my worldview. Yeah. And I find that certain products or companies like different frameworks just kind of work for them better than one of the other frameworks. And I don't know why that is, but it's, yeah, it's great to have a variety of of options that you can uh, go for. So just one last question that I'm just going to throw on you right now is uh, I love to ask product marketers this, you know, if, if there was a word or a phrase that you could banish from product marketing, what would it be? Do you have one or are you a, oh, wow. a nice, kind, gentle product marketer that doesn't, you know, hate certain words <laughs> or, <laughs> or pet peeves like, like I do? <laughs> oh man. Um, geez, this is a tough one. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm too nice or I haven't thought about it. Like I don't have anything that grates on me. 
yeah. uh, when I hear it. Mine are mostly tech speak that I hear. Right. Um, so not so much like product marketing speak. Um, what kind yeah. of tech speak? What do you, you know, think is uh, kind oh. of the common? T- oh. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, you work for AWS. So right. is it like cloud speak or what kind <laughs> of text, what tech stuff do you think, you know, is too much? <laughs> maybe it's like a, maybe it was like mostly like Silicon Valley speak when I was, when I was there, but I, I hate double click. Like <laughs> we're going to double click on It's like using a mouse function to talk about how we're going to like dive into something, you know, or she going never heard deep. that one. I've never, oh, never heard that. Oh, it's it. The, it's around. It exists. You mean like but, double click onto a topic? Yeah, you and I are talking right now. Let me double click on that. Whenever you said this, and you're like, no, no, stop talking. We're not double clicking on anything. We're we're not gonna do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I saw a survey that Trust Radius had done a while back about they had surveyed like a thousand people on like, what are the business jargon terms uh, you hate the most? And it, it was awesome. They were just all there. And some of them, you know, they even kind of like you kind of say them, even though you hate jargon, they're so just in there and part of like our insider business talk that that it's even I, I'm guilty of them. But double click is uh, really <laughs> I will never use that. Yeah. What are some for you? I, I'm curious to hear your, 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 I mean, you, you've got this podcast. What are some that uh, bubble up uh, and maybe I can react to those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The first one. So I don't come from a tech background. I'm, I'm a writer, creative writer, was in branding consumer and made my way into the tech space because I just love it. And I love bringing simplicity and humanity to a lot of this messaging. So there are like, I've seen words that are so normal to you that I've actually seen them for the first time. And I'm like, what the, (laughs) and um, for me, it was frictionless. Like Uh, I was working with a founder and um, his app, I I won't go into, it was like a, is an it was this app. And, and I said, well, why don't you explain to me what this app does? And he's like, oh, it's, it's frictionless access to a, a thriving free press. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I, what are you talking? I'm like, you can't say frictionless, like in the first breath of explaining like the value of something. And I remember just thinking, you know, like, unless you're selling like sandpaper or like, I, I don't know. So frictionless was really odd, but now I think it's things like, you know, seamless. I would love another yeah. word for seamless. I think it's more, I want another option. I want another option for innovation. You know, I yeah. really do. I think we need one. <laughs> yes. So, um, but, uh, you know, frictionless, let's just like keep that out of high level messaging. We know what you mean, <laughs> but there's better ways of talking about the value of something being frictionless. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. I, I've definitely made that mistake even, even in my career. I remember, so this was when I was at um, ad stage, which was a series A startup and we uh, for good and bad, we, we pivoted and we ultimately came out with closed loop reporting. Well, what the heck does that even mean? Right. You know, like uh, I've also heard end to end reporting. I actually think that would have been better in hindsight. Right. right. You understand end to end, but a closed that. loop, um, that one was tough. And that's a mistake that we made. Right. And I mean, I, I own it. I, I was the one that ultimately, you know, is kind of a disagree and commit moment. Um, and so it's, I put it up, right. And you have to run with it and you have to sell it and you've got to, as the product marketer, 
backed it. And so that was a tough one. And I think that's one that I, I think about a lot of like a mistake, especially in messaging, especially in like, what does that even mean? <laughs> it haunts you, right? I mean, we're all susceptible yeah. to it. And it's something about coming, coming up with something in your own brain and you just start getting really used to it. And it just makes more and more sense the longer it's in your brain. So we're all susceptible and we've all made those mistakes. And I do think the positive spin to that is you have learned something. Yes. You, right. You've, <laughs> you've learned something and you can move on from there. So <laughs> no such thing as failure, right? <laughs> no, I mean, that was definitely, I mean, that was a, it was a tough one though. It was definitely a learning lesson. Definitely something that you think back on is like, man, what happens? Like, what if we would have said this or what if, Oh, I wish I would have talked to more customers. It's always that I wish I, I wish I wish or could have, or I should have pushed back harder here. And uh, yeah, these are all, they're all great lessons. And I think at the time that made sense. Like we were in it that, I mean, a hundred percent. And again, it's like a frictionless experience That's and right. where here we are going. <laughs> That was dumb. I need to get a real creative in here and help me out with some copy. <laughs> oh, I love your honesty. You're so funny, JD. Thank you so much for joining us today. I've loved all your stories and you've dropped some really great, um, you know, frameworks, ideas, resources for other product marketers to head to, to up-level their messaging. So thanks for being with me today. No, thank you for having me. This has been such a fun conversation and I definitely enjoy uh, the videos that you put out. Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.